Hello, you're listening to Wolves Weekly, a roundup of all of the week's action exclusive to Wolves Radio. Mikey, we've missed you at the games this past week. How are you doing? I'm okay, thank you, Gemma. Um, I think I'm in a bit of a silly mood because I haven't left the house for <laughs> uh, 10 days. And uh, to give people a bit of an insight, um, we normally have a little chat uh, before we record these episodes and uh, this might have been our silliest week that we've ever done with lots of different voices and oh, yeah. Gemma's accent and different things that we've been discussing so who knows what what this episode is going to be like based on what it was like before we turned the recording button on. It's been an interesting morning we're also recording this well actually it's not that early at all it's not early I'd about to say we're recording this quite early in the morning but we're, we're really not it's half past ten um but yes let's let's talk wolves let's try and be let's try and be serious for a little moment here um had some breaking news this morning as well Molyneux has been chosen to host some of the England men's team's games in the UEFA Nations League this summer how incredible is that going to be uh yeah that's amazing isn't it (laughs) this is genuinely breaking news to us we've just seen it saw this and thought we need to talk about it um (laughs) yeah England are coming to Molyneux how great is that Uh, absolutely incredible we've had the women we've had the under 21s and now the seniors I mean Let's face it, uh, you know, Max Kilman hopefully will be in the squad by then. Let's hope uh, so. Connor Cody is a key part of it. Uh, you know, we, we could be seeing some Wolves players pulling on the three Lions at the home oh of the God. old gold. Absolutely incredible. And, and we're playing two games at Molyneux. Uh, the first one is against Italy. Euro rematch um, on the 11th of June but unfortunately that one is going to be behind closed doors following sanctions imposed by UEFA um, but the second one on Tuesday 14th of June will be open to supporters as we face Hungary so uh, hopefully I don't have the details of when tickets will be going on sale but um, get yourselves down for that if you can what an absolutely incredible opportunity to be hosting the Three Lions at Molyneux we are proud of the Golden Palace we know that it is internationally regarded as where floodlit football properly began. Exactly. So it's only right that uh, that England, and you know, there's a there's a lovely element of it being Hungary, as well. Mm. You know, there's the Billy Wright connections from the fifties and Hungary, you know, coming to England and Wembley and beating, um, and beating Billy Wright's England at the time, and you know, Honved obviously being one of the teams that came for the floodlit friendlies. Oh, so there's so much history surrounding that link that this is going to be really lovely and you know no doubt will be spoken about a lot in the build-up to it but I'm just really excited yeah you are what absolutely incredible news to to have on 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 a Thursday morning I wasn't quite expecting that but absolutely amazing football is quite literally coming home um it was a fantastic afternoon at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday 2-0 lead within 18 minutes when was the last time you saw that Mikey Oh God! Uh, do you know it, it's the it's the funniest thing, isn't it? And listen, I've been incredibly fortunate to have actually been there. Uh, I was working it out, Jim, because as people people may not not may know or not know, um, I've missed the last two because I tested positive for COVID, so I've been isolating, and uh, I hadn't missed a league game since October of 2014. Oh my goodness! I missed the only games that I missed in that period from twenty four late twenty fourteen onwards when I started working directly for the club were the uh, Europa League games where we couldn't travel, so we did the commentary from home. So I still commentated on them, but we commentated from Molyneux 
on some of those away foreign trips for logistical reasons, not not by choice or anything like that. Um, so I've been incredibly fortunate to have been at, at almost every big moment, well, have been yeah. at every big moment we've had in the last few years. And it's the strangest feeling not actually being in the stadium to watch the games. And sat there watching at home the Arsenal game, and, and when you lose, you get that feeling of, okay, you know, it's not that bad, uh, you know, I missed a defeat. Mm. felt really bad not being there oh, and not so being able rubbish. to hear the crowd for uh, so I'm relying on you basically to tell me what it was like because I love that stadium by the way I think it's the best yeah, stadium it, in the UK it is amazing I mean I don't want to big spurs up too much here but it is it is quite breathtaking being in there it's just huge I mean the capacity was nearly 60,000 on, on on Sunday it is really a, a special place to be particularly when we're 2-0 up for most of the game. Hearing the away crowd as well, it was they were really loud. It was it was a spectacular atmosphere and we all really, really missed you, Mikey. So we're sad that you, you couldn't be with us there for, for that one. Well, thank you. See, the thing <laughs> that I really wanted to ask you was um, because uh, sometimes in a big stadium like that, the, the mm. crowd does play a big part and you mm. can kind of sense the mood, you know, especially with the home supporters, as to where it's going. And I sat there watching that game and commentating from the the stream that I was watching, thinking, especially first half, Wolves are so in control here. Mm. You know, they are so dominant in what they are doing. And I I don't know whether that was felt in the stadium, like you, or you could sense that from the home supporters that they were thinking exactly the same thing. A hundred percent. I think you could. You, there was a lot of frustration from the Spurs fans. Um, you know, I think actually a lot of the noise that came from the from the home crowd was was booing at half time and and was was um yeah it wasn't very much uh positive support for for the Spurs players on the pitch so um you could definitely feel that from both sides everyone could see that that Wolves were absolutely in control of that game particularly in the first half and um and then managed to hold on to that to that lead in the second half as well so um it was it was a spectacular performance and great to be able to bounce back as well from our midweek loss at home to Arsenal um from from what you did see Mikey in what ways do you think we were we were different on Sunday? How do we approach the game differently and improve upon what we what we put out on on Thursday? Well, I thought um, tactically, I thought Bruno and his staff got it absolutely spot on mm. at, at Spurs. They they went there with you know I think a lot of eyebrows would have been raised about Luke Cundall starting a game for the first time, going back to the the five man midfield that hadn't quite worked against Norwich in the Cup and people may be thinking, you know, is this the right way to be moving forwards? But you saw how they were set up and there's been some quite interesting tactical stuff I've seen mm-hmm. on around social media since about, you know, the idea that when Wolves had the ball, that Kundal was able to pull wide, which gave an option for for either Romain Saiz or, you know, to allow Rene Nori to push on really high. And, and the U- Wolves really utilised Samedo and Aitnuri in mm. high areas and Dendonka pushing on. And and the way that they they set traps for Spurs to play mm. into, to steal the ball and then look to break quickly. Now, they didn't actually get it spot on every single time. There was quite a few kind of overhit passes and, and attacks that didn't really come to much and fizzled out. But you look at it and you go, Spurs had to change their shape after, what, 25 minutes? Mm-hmm which is nigh on unheard of in Premier League times now. You see it so rarely, but that is how on top Wolves were that Tottenham had no answer in their in the setup they had started with. So to go, and to go away from home 
Now, Spurs are not necessarily one of the, the big six, really. You know, in TV terms, they have been. <laughs> but but it's, it's true, isn't it? They're mm. a very big club, take nothing away from them. And they've had a lot of success. But it's not quite as impressive as going to, a, you know, an Anfield or an Old Trafford and doing mm-hmm. what Wolves did. Wolves were brilliant at Old Trafford and it was a standout result. This was a more a case of Spurs have struggled a little bit more of recent times. But this was still a Wolves team who, off the back of that defeat to Arsenal, when people were starting to think were probably not capable of breaking in to that European race, mm-hmm. to suddenly go and send that message to say, hang on, yes, we are. We are that good a team. And I said this to, to Tomo and Claire on our Match Day Live Extra stuff, um, Gem. People forget just how good a team we were pre-COVID. People forget that we had two seventh-place finishes, an FA Cup semi-final and a Europa League quarter-final. Now, they had a bad season, and, and everybody has a bad dip, especially when you take into account that the main striker wasn't there, other yep. players were injured for large periods, we weren't playing in front of our vocal support, home support, which plays a massive, massive factor. It feels like we're back in that in that realm again. And so nobody should be surprised that this Wolves team is capable of going away to Tottenham Hotspur and playing them off the park in their own stadium. We are, <laughs> honestly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, Gem, and I know I'm on a bit of a rant now and I'll stop in just a second. I no, told you it's no. going to be weird today. <laughs> but, but honestly, right, people need to recognise that this Wolverhampton Wanderers is something special, the likes of which we have not seen in our lifetimes. And yes, they will have bad results from time to time, but this is something that everybody needs to get behind because we are seeing again just what we saw in those first two seasons in the Premier League, that the ceiling is a lot higher than a lot of us thought it was. We might not get there, but it's going to be fun watching them try. Oh, absolutely. And I think you're right. I think also from a from a TV perspective, we are starting to see now that these shows and these pundits are sitting up and listening a little bit and taking notice of Wolves with our, with our set of results since the beginning of the year. I mean, people didn't see us as, as in competition for Europe or, you know, Bruno was getting asked questions after the game on Sunday about whether his eyes were on top four. No, I won't go into that now, but it, it, it just shows now that with this most recent set of results and with beating Spurs 2-0 at their, at their home on, on Sunday, that people are starting to sit up and listen now and give us the respect that we deserve. And, and, and you're right, I think we are back to that, that peak that we had um, in the 18-19 season and the 19-20 season. So it's very exciting to see what comes now in, in the coming weeks and months. Um, it was also really interesting what you said about uh, Bruno choosing to go 3-5-2 because in his post-matches as well on Sunday he mentioned how he he came to the decision to use that formation based off of advice that he was given from the scouts here at Compton who study the opposition in advance and and, and help Bruno and give him advice and guidance on on how best to potentially play against that opponent and he took that advice on board and and you know gave him a shout out in the post-match press conference we've got a fantastic analysis team here performance analysis Mm -hmm. they work so hard to both analyse our performances but also those of our opponents and our oppositions coming up so it's fantastic Fantastic to see the work they're doing, really helping on the pitch and getting us a result. You know, it was it's it was it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and Luke Hunter as well that you mentioned there. We have to have to speak about him for a second. You know, ninety six percent pass accuracy on Sunday, the the most of any of the starting eleven. Um, you know, you've been singing his praises for a very long time, Mikey, and now I think everyone can see just why you have been. It was an absolutely fantastic start for him, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I uh, I kind of, uh, you know, without wishing to take any credit, because listen, it's all about <laughs> Luke, but I did feel a, a slight smugness on Sunday evening. Um, <laughs> and I know you spoke to him afterwards. And, you know, look, I've known him for quite a long time now. And there is a an assuredness and confidence, which is not cockiness or arrogance, but there is an assuredness about him that, you know, I can I can imagine he loved every single moment oh, of being on that pitch, of not being afraid to want the ball, of being keen to get involved in it. And there were kind of two moments, I think, that summed up Luke's contribution to me. There was the one where he laid in Raul Jimenez in the second half, where Raul got closed down by the goalkeeper that could have extended the lead, where it was such a clever pass to spot the opportunity. And he absolutely played that ball perfectly perfect weight on it straight into the path the other is when he barges into the back of harry kane to force the england captain to shoot over the top of the crossbar you know with his last ounce of effort (laughs) he went and put that challenge in now luke's not the biggest of kids you know biggest of players he's not a kid anymore is he i've I've known him (laughs) since he was a kid but you know he will put himself about in there he will work for the team and I say, you spoke to him afterwards, and I imagine you couldn't get the smile off his face, right? Oh, yeah, he was he was really, really chuffed. Um, and I think also, not only just to make his first start for Wolves, but to make it at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I mean, we were saying that earlier. It's a scary place to go, you know, and a, an incredible stadium. And, and, you know, when the home crowd are going, a fantastic atmosphere for Spurs as well. So a difficult place to come. And so then, you know, he, it took a while for him to sort of find his feet. He think he was nervous for those, those, those openings sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, which he did say himself as well. Uh, but then I think those two goals, you know, the, the, the safety of, of leading by two, let him sort of relax into it a little bit. And then he absolutely came into his own and, and, had, a, and had a fantastic performance. The thing about Luke, Jem, uh, and people won't necessarily have seen this, right? And this is why I, I pay credit to him and I pay credit to the, the academy staff, the under-23 staff who have developed him. Because mm. he people, people forget he actually went to the Asia Trophy a couple of years ago. You know, as a very young player, that's how long he has been in and around the first team setup. As, as we spoke about on a recent episode back end of last year, it's only now that he's actually made the transition mm. to be full time in the first team dressing room. But he's been in and around it for quite a long time yeah. now. And he's had to be, you know, he, I think it was, I can't, it's well into double figures the amount of times he's been an unused substitute this season, last season. He's yeah, been in and around. He's been on the bench for pretty much every Premier League game this season. Yeah, think, so. and and that and that the mental character, Jem, to do that and not play mm. and have to go back to the twenty threes and put on a performance again and have people like me winding him up and calling him bonus because he's he was getting win bonuses without getting on the field and all that kind of <laughs> stuff and him having to chuckle and he does chuckle. He's a good kid. And going back out there and performing and then going back and doing it again. You know, all those years of hard work and graft to improve himself, to work on himself on and off the field. It's so nice to see it it pay off for him. Now, football is never going to be that easy as it has been for him so far. Winning, at, as you say, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on your first start. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> it's not all, not all going to be like that, Luke. No, <laughs> but no, I, I think he knows that. 
Yeah, I don't think a, a first first full debut can get much, can get much better than that. Really, he, he had a fantastic afternoon. Um, it was also a special afternoon for Ruben Neves on his two hundredth Wolves appearance. It was only a week or so ago that it was a three hundredth for Connor Cody. Now two hundredth for Ruben, um, a huge milestone and a spectacular in four and a half years that that he's given us so far. I mean, what a, what a player, Mikey. Yeah, uh, and you know, it's funny because when we did the, the Cody 300 special for Wolves mm. Radio, Dave Edwards talked about Connor Cody being the mo- one of the most important, if not the most important players in Wolves history in the last two to three decades. Now, that's a big statement to make, but you can see why he made it. Arguably, Ruben Neves, maybe importance, maybe not quite as much as Connor, but he's got to be up there amongst the best players that I've seen. And when mm-hmm. you... When you've got to see the likes of Jao Martinho and Raul Jimenez and others play week in, week out, that is a special thing. And that's why, you know, I went on my rant a few minutes ago, Jem, because we are, <laughs> we are seeing players that we could have only mm. dreamt of yeah. five years ago, six, seven, eight years, ten years ago, we would never have dreamt of having a player of the quality of Ruben Neves playing week in, week out. And the beauty is he's still getting better. I mean, the way he he marauds around that midfield now it is genuinely majestic to watch he is quite literally turning into andrea pirlo in looks as well as <laughs> as the well as the way he plays and he would love us saying that that is his hero but honestly i i look at him sometimes gem and i just think how lucky are we to have you playing for in golden black because and this is why I say people should not rule out Wolves at any point when they have players like that. Mm. His, his quality, and he's not always been at his best in the last couple of years, and he knows that. But it takes something different for a midfielder to mature, you know, body-wise as well. He looks different this year. He really does. I don't know whether it's just, is it just me? I, I... No, no, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I think it's also, you know... It, it... I find, of all the players, I find it most difficult to believe that Ruben Neves is of the age that he is. I mean, he's 24, maybe 25 now. <laughs> yeah, and 24. he's younger than me. And I, I, I mean, when you look at him, you wouldn't think he was only 24 years old. <laughs> he's, he, he's still, I mean, a relatively young player. And he's performing at the, the level that he is. And he's, you know, what's he going to be in, in his three, four, five years time? I mean, he's just absolutely looks fantastic. And I think he does continue to improve. So, um, yeah, we are very, very lucky to have him with us here at Wolves and, and, and hopefully for a while still to come as well. He's been brilliant, Jem. He is a talisman to the team. And you're right, if, he, if we can hang on to him in the <laughs> years to come, he could break all sorts of appearance records. Oh, definitely. And, you know, it is the dream to to see him doing what he does on an even greater level in a gold shirt is honestly and as you say he's a lovely fellow as well oh he is yeah he's he's so, so grounded nice. down to earth family man everything about him is something that Wolves fans can be proud of and 200 games is a brilliant landmark Remain Saiz is not far off it, by the way, mm. only a couple of games. So we'll be doing this all over again in a couple, <laughs> in a of, couple days, of weeks, couple of weeks time <laughs> for Remain. But do you know what? That That's why it's so lovely the last couple of years, because, you know, while some players have come and gone, there has been a core group of players mm. who have been there on the journey. And it's funny when you think about the history of the club and the greats that have worn the gold and black 
that there's actually going to be quite a few future Hall of Famers that we've been watching the last couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. We are watching legendary Wolves players uh, week in, week out at the moment. Um, and next up in the Premier League, we'll be facing Leicester at home on Sunday. We'll get to see them in action again. Uh, no midweek fixtures this week, which is a bit of a rare luxury this month. We've got quite a few <laughs> on the way. Another sort of Thursday night game next week. But for this week, just the Leicester game on Sunday. Um, what do you expect from that match? Well, now that we've built it up and talked about how great we are and how great all <laughs> our players are, uh, you know, talk about commentators' curse, anything could happen now. Now, I've, you know, Leicester are in a situation where I think, you know, they, if they are serious about trying to get themselves back into that shake-up and European football again, then they're going to have to start producing big performances and results. They obviously let it slip late against West Ham, which, mm-hmm. you know, was not too detrimental from Wolves' point of view, but certainly detrimental from theirs. They still have an an incredible amount of quality. Um, They are playing, obviously, European football, so there is that element to them where, you know, hopefully Wolves can take advantage of any kind of tiredness and anything that comes from there. Um, What we want from Wolves, I think, Jem, is to to see them just pick up where they left off, to, to carry on and... They've set standards now. We keep talking about this. That those standards did dip, I think, against Arsenal and Norwich after that little break. The, the standards have to be maintained. And if they do maintain those standards, we are a match for everybody mm. in the Premier League. I genuinely believe that. Um, and so, you know, hopefully they can go out there at Molyneux and, and produce something impressive again. And games against Leicester have been really tight, Jim, the last couple of years. Yeah. There's not not been a great deal in it uh, we played really well there uh, on the was it the opening day God, it was, was opening day ago. yeah <laughs> oh wow um <laughs> you know and we were a bit unlucky not to have got something from that game played well mm-hmm. um the thing is nil nil last season between these two at Molyneux they generally one goal or so in it apart from mm-hmm. the one bonkers game a few years ago that was 4-3 um, <laughs> if we get another one of those I don't think I'll be able to you know, I'm still recovering from COVID. <laughs> yeah, so. not sure if I was quite with that. <laughs> yeah, if we can, if we can have a routine two 0 win <laughs> that'd again, be great. then yeah, that'd be amazing. Thank you, please, please. <laughs> well, it's interesting actually because those those first three games that we had at the beginning of the season, away at Leicester, then at home to Spurs, and at home to Man United, were the three games that we were saying several several months ago now that you know that were, were great performances that we were unlucky not to get results out of, and you know we've since faced. Spurs and United in the reverse fixtures of that and we've managed to get a victory and all three points do you think that after you know missing out on perhaps some points that we deserved away at Leicester at the beginning of the season that actually facing them at home this time around is our time to to set the record straight potentially like we did those other games and and get three points it's all about teams developing isn't it you you know if if you can show that you have learnt and improved from from day one of the season to now then that's great progress so that's what we want to see we don't necessarily need to see us go out and win the game though obviously that would be absolutely lovely but we want to see some progress and you're right that's exactly what we've seen in terms of the Spurs and Manchester United reverse results I don't know necessarily about reverse results all the way through everything balances (laughs) itself out doesn't it over the course (laughs) of a season sometimes and there are always crazy anomalies you know in the season I think Mm -hmm. we beat Man City home and away when they were champions. I'm sure we probably had some bad results against teams down the bottom. It's just yeah. the way it works sometimes. But yeah, 
I think uh, if there's if we can see progress, then we're on the right path. We might say maybe see some um, faces returning to the starting lineup as well on Sunday. I mean, we saw Hechan in the final ten minutes at Spurs, so it could be a time for him to hopefully return on Sunday. Do you think that he would he would come into the to the starting eleven? It's interesting, isn't it? Do you change uh, a, a winning team and a team that mm. played really well? You know, and and let's face it, if there is a player who's going to come out to allow him to come in, it's probably Luke Gundel. So, <laughs> you know, it, that's a difficult balance, and, and obviously that's why Bruno is paid the big bucks to mm, to, to make, make those decisions, kind of decisions yeah. and, and go from there. I think a lot of fans would like to see us have an extra forward on the pitch. Uh, and give it a go but like I say Leicester are a really tough team to play against so we'll wait and see kind of whatever they choose and uh, like you said there might have been some gems from within the scouting department that have (laughs) spotted something that will help us again yeah, absolutely. Um, and just speaking quickly about injured players as well. I mean, Pedro Neto is getting closer to a return. Too soon for him this week. I think he's still probably a couple of weeks. But um, I, I got to speak to him last week and he is so excited to come back. He really is. And have, having his energy back with the team. He's I mean, he's back in first team training now with everybody out on the grass. So um, to have his energy there, everyone has missed him. We've all missed him. And it will be absolutely amazing to see him. Hopefully, in the coming weeks, I don't want to put a date on it, but he he is getting closer. So if things start to if things continue as they are, and you know, and he continues on the right track, then hopefully it won't be too long until we have our Pedro Neto back as well, which would be absolutely amazing. Um, this weekend, Mikey, it wasn't just the first team that beat Spurs; it was also our under 18s in the FA Youth Cup at Molyneux. They beat Spurs three nil. Can you tell us a little bit about how they've been getting on? Uh, well, do you know what? It's it's fascinating with the, the FA Youth Cup because you, you qualify based on age, right? You have to have mm-hmm. been under 18 at a certain time. So uh, quite a lot of the players are actually playing in the under 23s. Okay. <laughs> like, so you had, the, for instance, Nathan Fraser comes off the bench and scores for the 23s on the Monday night and then starts for the under 18s in the FA Youth Cup on the Saturday. And he's only 16. And Owen Farmer oh, wow. had come off the bench for the under-23s. He's only 16 and started that game. Tyler Roberts had played really well uh, for the under-23s against Swansea a week earlier and missed the Monday game through just basically protecting him for this match. Mm-hmm. And he then scores a couple and looks an absolute standard above. Harvey Griffiths, another one who's 18 years of age, came in for Man City last summer, looks a real talent at under-23 level, still qualifies for the 18s. And so Wolves are taking this seriously. Mm. You know, you look at through that lineup, uh, you know, the wingbacks, Dexter Lembakisa and Aaron Kito Diawa, have both played plenty of under-23s football. Cam Candola, Ollie Tipton, Justin Hubner. You know, that they started mm. an under-23s game recently as a back unit. You know, that's the level of players that Wolves now have. And I've wow, talked about yeah. this in the past, Gem, about the Wolves' way of promoting players up and testing them at a higher level. It means when they go back to under-18s football, they can go and take on a team like Tottenham, who've got a really good academy, and beat them comfortably. And so there's a real chance now. You know, It's been a long time since Wolves have got to a final in the FA Youth Cup. It's been a long time since they've had a big run. I think you go back to Danny Bart and Jack Price were in the team the last time I think they got to the semis. Wow. So this is actually quite exciting. Yeah, definitely. And especially knowing that some of those players that have been, you know, 
spending some time with the under-23s as well are so young, they're just 16 years of age and, and you know, being able to perform so well and performing at More Than You as well. I mean, some of them are probably their first time at More Than You at playing anyway. So um, absolutely fantastic opportunity for them and uh, we wish them all the best of luck in the quarterfinals in the next few weeks. Um, but speaking of those under-23s, Mikey, how are they getting on as well? Yeah, they've been doing they've been doing okay, Jen. They had a, a good win against Birmingham uh, last time out, which was uh, uh, you know Birmingham are not great at Premier League two level. It's their first season stepping up as a Category One academy, and and they've had a lot of change. But Wolves are always very comfortable in that game. I say Harvey Griffiths really impressed again in the centre of midfield, and they, I keep mentioning Nathan Fraser because it's a wonderful story. He's, you know, he's from Tetnell. Sixteen-year-old mm, yeah. from Tetnell, you know, he is living the dream of of so many teenage kids in and around who live within a stone's throw of Molyneux and Compton and the training grounds. So for him to be doing what he's doing is great. He took his goal brilliantly. Um, you know, the the kids are doing really well, Jen. There there is a clear element again of of giving another batch of young players an opportunity, and this is it's relevant because we go back to the Luke Cundall conversation we had. Mm. Luke Cundall was playing under-23s football from 17. The reason why at 19 he's able to go into a Premier League game and look comfortable is because he's had that grounding. And we're now seeing the next batch of players come through in that, in that process. And they've got Taylor Perry back at the minute, who's been out on loan, oh, did really amazing. well at Cheltenham. Um, another you know, local kid who's, who's trying to get himself up to fitness and... And hopefully he will perform as well. They've got some players to come back from injury. They've been ravaged by injury, has to be said as well. Um, so, you know, second half of the season is always interesting at Premier League 2 level. Lots of teams have players go out on loan. Things can change. They get a head of steam up. Still the chance of an end of season playoff. And, and I can't wait. <laughs> well we do have an absolutely incredible academy here Mikey so keep us updated with how they're getting on I'm sure there's lots of players in there that we'd like to keep an eye on their on their progress after seeing how well Luke Luke's done through that journey so yes keep us updated with their with their successes um Wolves women unfortunately had their match against Huddersfield postponed at the weekend due to bad weather so all focus was actually on the women's reserves team who got through to the final of the FA Women's National League Reserve Cup after a 5-0 victory over Enfield Town so we don't often talk much about the women's reserves team but that was the only women's action we had at the weekend Um, so they're going to be facing Southampton now in the final so we'll keep you updated with that one once they release all the details details of that in the coming weeks so um, for the first team though they are back in action this weekend back in the cup as well Birmingham County Cup and they'll be facing Boldmere St Michael's away from home and then back in the week back in the league sorry the following week away at Nottingham Forest um with missing that game at the weekend they have now dropped back down into second um but in the table but we still have three games in hand on filed who have taken the top spot so we're still unbeaten in the league still looking in a really really good position and um excited for the cup this weekend and then back to league action as well to try and get some more points on the board all very exciting. Um, is there anything else that you'd like us to cover in our Wolves Weekly Show next week? Then do let us know on Twitter at Jen Frith and at Mikey Burrows. But otherwise, for this week, that's everything. So we will see you at More Than You on Sunday. And hopefully, Mikey, you'll be with us then as well. I'm going to be out of isolation. I can't Woo! wait. We'll be very excited to have you back. Um, so we will see you then on Sunday.